Greetings, Trigger Proof family. I am back with another transmission. Really excited to share exactly how to solve a problem that had been plaguing me for a very long time. Well, how do you know, like, have you ever had a problem but you didn't, didn't even know that you had a problem? That was me when it came to understanding relationships. Um, if you haven't met me before, and this is one of your first times um, on one of my transmissions, welcome uh, to this community. If you're brand new, my name is Dr. Nima Romani, and in my quest to understanding healing mind and body as a chiropractor, I kept noticing that the thing that was bringing patients to my office was conflict was the result, the end stage, physiological manifestations of unresolved conflict. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't have to, uh, it's not woo anymore. I mean, just look at your life. Any problems that you've been having in your health, any tension, headaches, chronic pains, digestive issues, <clears throat> if you've ever had that be a, a reality for you, if you just go back and trace it back to a conflict in your relationship, you're going to see some big correlations. I mean, at least I did. Uh, and every single body worker, whether you're a massage therapist, a naturopath, a chiropractor, physical therapist, after you've talked to them, the ones who've been in practice for 10, 20, 30 years, what up, Larissa? Um, each one of them will tell you that there is some sort of a emotional component to it. So in that quest of un, like just working on my own anxieties, working on my own uh, disconnections and feelings of unworthiness and self-doubt, really delving into my own personal development, I started realizing that the thing that my patients needed the most was education on self-regulating through stress. I kept going upstream over my decades, almost decades, two decades of working with patients and formulated unknowingly a methodology to heal my attachment wounds because that's really as I was going on my search for healing, seeing patterns happening in my relationships, I would notice that, you know, the more I worked and went inward and sorted out my attachment wounds, the relationships with my primary caregivers, the disconnections and lacks of integrity in those, the more that I worked on filling those cracks in the floorboard, the more my life would start to expand in ways that I was choosing. And there's a reason for that. Let me know if you can resonate with hitting your middle ages, seeing relationships start to fall apart, feeling a disconnection from purpose, not being able to regulate yourself emotionally, feeling like you don't know what you know lo love and intimacy really feels like, or you're, you're wondering why you feel so alone. You're maybe in a relationship where you're like, ah, should I stay or should I go? These were all the questions that I was you know, confronted by, that I went inward and unknowingly came up with strategies to solve it 
<clears throat> and noticing my patients all needing that, so slowly I gave myself permission 10 years ago to start a three-hour Sunday morning workshop, Saturday morning workshop called Life Skills for a Stressful World to arm people with tools to be able to face their adversities because that was what was impacting their health and well-being. Slowly over time, that three-hour Saturday morning event for like free became a three-day workshop over 10 years. Now I have, I, you know, I've left my full-time practice and now I teach these tools full-time. So if you're brand new to this community, welcome. I don't know if you heard me on a podcast or you are referred into this group, but the conversation that we talk about here is strictly about healing and restoring healing in relationships to break cycles of intergenerational trauma that didn't start with you. We normalize uh, states of anxiety in the body because you might have been told that you have a disorder and I want you to know that no, none of your you know, challenges that you've been facing are because you're broken. That, that, that every part of you, when you really understand how the human nervous system how the nervous system adapts to trauma, I'm here to tell you nothing about you is broken. It's actually working brilliantly for your survival, adapting to overstimulation called trauma. And that foundation in your first couple of years of life with the relationship that you observed with your parents <clears throat> and the relationship that you had with your parents uh, is the f neurological foundation for every relationship of your life. So if you're having some challenges in relationships, please understand it's not your fault. You, number one, probably didn't have a secure attachment modeled in your, in your life, number one. And number two, you didn't have security in your relationships with, uh, with your, uh, with your, parents? Did you have a sense of consistency? Did you have your emotional needs met? So when that's not there, there seems to be a, a memory stored in your body that then unconsciously through no fault of your own start to exhibit similar patterns in relationships where you start to seek out, it's not just the question of you're attracting this type of person, you're actually attracted to that type of person that mirrors and mimics what you had before in childhood. So let me give you an example. Um, if you had the experience where you didn't have this consistency of relationship with your mother, for example, and you didn't know which mother was going to show up one day or another, one moment to the next. If there was consistency, if there was permanence, these things are important for the nervous system. If there was a detachment or a dissociation because mom was a complete shit show emotionally, she didn't know how to regulate her nervous system, her, her and your dad didn't have a healthy relationship, so mom was checked out, fearful all the time, so you as a child had the experience where you didn't have that connection, or you know, mom was struggling, dealing with some sort of really dark uh, emotional challenges, and you had the need to kind of emotionally step up and support her, 
that feeling of having to work for love, that feeling of having to perform, or that feeling of having to 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 to, to seek it and and long for it becomes deeply instilled in the body. And what'll end up happening is you won't know this or you won't do this on purpose, but you'll start to become turned on and attracted to people who show love, who there's an attachment there, but then all of a sudden they kind of check out or they're gone or they're dealing with some emotional issue. Your body says, oh my goodness, that's so familiar. <gasps> that's love. And so you turn into this needy work for, prove for love and you will usually that is labeled as an, uh, an anxious or ambivalent attachment style. We had a question earlier from somebody in this community, Justin, and he asked, I'm an avoidant, I'm having marital issues, been five to six years, uh, and it's not going well, uh, it's a shit show, we get into the same patterns, I'm the avoidant, please help. Any advice? And I want this to be not just for him, but for you if you're also dating somebody who is an avoidant, okay, or partnered with somebody who's an avoidant attachment style, what you can do because the reason why this conversation is so important is if you don't do this, if you don't make this a priority, if you don't resolve the root cause of this, if you don't take on this work, those cycles will be passed down to your children and they will continue to go on and on because it's hard to take the responsibility to heal those attachment wounds. It's not easy to face feelings you've been running away from. And one of the things that I hear a lot from people is, but I've done inner child work. I've done breath work. I've done, I've done, I've done, but here I am. And I'm, I'm here to tell you that the work is never done. You're, we're learning constantly. So I want you to take on, instead of a fixed mindset, I want you to take on what's called a growth mindset that we're here to learn and we're here to grow. and. Congratulations for everything you've done in the past. 99% of every client that comes to see me or fills out an application to work with us, well, I would say 100%, I would have expected, have done some sort of work like that. You know, And if you haven't, no judgment. If you're new, new to the game, welcome to the game. Uh, welcome to the conversation of breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. This is the uncomfortable conversation of it. And I'm glad that you've done the work before. So did I. That was me. I've done all of this. I've done that. I've done an inner, done some inner child meditations. I've done that. Okay, great. Congratulations. It's now what's happening is you're confronted right now with trigger that's coming up at the perfect time because your nervous system is calling you to go deeper. There's no finish line with it. But I'm going to give you some guidance here that's going to help move you in the right direction. The, a YouTube video, podcast, uh, Facebook Live is not going to solve your problems. It is transformation. This is an information product right here. It's not even a product. Well, it's an information right here. But what you require is transformation. And transformation happens within community. Transformation happens over relationship, through relationship over time, through a mentor, through a guide, through self. It, it is it, it takes time and it takes effort and it takes a willingness to face things that that you don't want to face it takes a willingness to be humble it takes a willingness to do what every avoidant is avoiding doing which is to ask for help okay so avoidant 
let me. I, I took a little. I took few. Uh, I took a few notes uh, to to share a little bit about avoidant. So, <clears throat> by the end of this call, by the end of this um, training, you're going to understand uh, why your behavior is the way it is. You're going to understand your partner if they're an avoidant, and then you're going to have a few kind of steps, few things to, to, to understand and drop into your practice that's going to help move you more towards secure relationship. Why is that important? Well, because there's nothing better than having security and stability at home, a feeling where relationships are nourishing. Uh, because not only do your children benefit from feeling safe at home and they're, they're less illness, less behavioral issues, less anxiety around the home because the kids feel safe. A lot of times kids getting anxiety, or can you fix my kids' anxiety? Oftentimes this is no, not your, through no fault of your own because they don't feel safe at home. So it's a distraction for the lack of safety that they feel at home. They don't feel regulated and because the the, the, the couple and the family don't have a secure relationship. So the greatest gift that you can give your children is a, uh, a partnership with your partner that it feels secure and stable because not only do they feel safe, but now they have a, a, a relationship to model you know, growing up, don't you want them to have healthy, secure relationships? You don't want to see your kids go through divorce. That's not going to be fun. That's I guarantee you that's not going to be a fun thing because now you're going to have to deal with, damn, this is the guilt. Could I have done more? I mean, think about it. Imagine if your parents took the time when you were like four or five years old to abandon all of their excuses and then to get help in sorting out some of their blind spots, in calling out their fragile egos that were there to protect their wounded children that resulted from their unconscious parents. You know, this is breaking cycles. Let's throw the shame out of it and uh, imagine if your parents had the courage to invest the time and energy and resources to sorting their own emotional wounds out and handling what their triggers were. So. An avoidant dismiss or a dismissive, what is that? It's basically a type of uh, attachment style that began uh, with the foundations as we all do in childhood. If you had the experience where your big emotions weren't soothed as a child, you know, I see Dominic like losing his shit sometimes, quickly pick him up and do what I can to soothe him. Diana's on it like this, you know, he doesn't go couple minutes without being soothed and you know really attuned emotionally if you didn't have the experience of having parents that were like attuning to you emotionally you know you're usually the avoidant is left-brained you know their math the science the engineer they're often they're blocked emotionally right your parents were absent either physically or emotionally or both so basically you had to kind of soothe yourself you know, they were only present when they were actually teaching or you were doing or you were rewarded for like, uh, for performing, you know, and no one was there to really respond to your needs in a timely manner. So as a young kid, very young, you were prematurely forced into autonomy and had to be self-sufficient way too early. Let me know if that resonates with you. Okay. And what happens is you become an island. When you're in that space as a, as a dismissive or an avoidant, you become an island. When you get triggered, you've learned that it's not safe to 
to, to, to love because I, I don't get I, I feel rejected all the time. So I, I, I'm just not going to like really put that out there. So I'm going to really pull back and become an island. And so what happens is you have difficulty in reaching out for help. Your relationships don't feel nourishing. They feel draining. Deep down, you have a longing for love and connection, but you're blocked from allowing people in. So the experience that avoidance will give is they feel like, like I, I'm, I, you know, I, I used to be an avoidant before I started doing this work. And the complaint that I would consistently get is, you never loved me. You don't love me. You know, my wife said that after we divorced, you never loved me. My ex said that. Like every single person would be like, you never loved me, you know, because they didn't feel my love. I ne never allowed it in, right? In other words, I was really blocked in vulnerability. That's one of the hallmarks of the avoidant. And if you're avoidant, why? Is because intimacy makes you really uncomfortable. And you look down on people who act needy. And most of the time, what you're doing is you're confusing normal loving behavior as needy. So you have this deep need for connection, but you don't like invite it in. Right now, if you're in a let me know if you're in a relationship with someone like this. Say yes, this is exactly my partner, my wife, my husband, my partner. Let me know. I, I'd really like to know if you're in a relationship with somebody like this. Here's what your work is. Are you ready? Here it is. Write this down. My work is to not take those detachments and dissociations personally or as rejection. Your work is to not take those kind of space, I need space. Your work, your mission should you choose to accept it, if you're wanting to continue, is to create the resources within you to understand that that's not personal to me. It's, it's not rejection to me. It's that they don't feel safe to let love in. They haven't had the experience of emotional attunement. It's terrifying to them because it feels like rejection. And when you're with them, it's important to not just encroach their space. Like, this is me. I'm, an, I'm, I'm, I'm avoidant. And, and to have this secure attachment with my wife, God bless her. She's, sometimes I'm like, listen, I need, I'm going to go take the dogs for a walk. I need a little bit of space because I work with people's emotions each day with my clients. People are consistently being triggered in, in the work that we do. Is like they're, we're helping people work through their triggers. Becoming trigger-proof isn't like a pie-in-the-sky like you know garden path. It's deep, dark shadow work. So I guide my clients through some of the nastiest shit in their lives. And that takes a lot of emotional energy, right? And so if I'm really present there and then I go and I see a, a you know, a tired wife and a, a baby who's crying, a lot of times if I'm not fully resourced, I'm no good, I'll say, you know what, I need some space. And thank God my wife is totally understands this about me as a, as a insecure avoidant in healing. She's never once said, no, don't. She's always like, go, go for it. And then I go and I, I, I do the work that I teach, I'm able to reconnect with that and all of a sudden create a sacred pause and I come back and I'm back to feeling stable again because I've been well versed in the 
um, the practice of taking my trigger and turning it into self-love, or even if there's a conflict between us, taking that conflict and turning it into deeper intimacy. That is a skill that's worth mastering if you want in the new world post-COVID. I don't know what the fuck it's going to look like, but I know that if I have those two skills, I'm pretty much set for life because we are in an impending uh nervous system dysregulation crisis in an impending uh, mental health crisis it's already starting to unravel and if you you want to you know you want to be on the winning side of this on the other side you want to make sure that you're in your heart and you're in your gifts and you're connected to those gifts and you have safe secure stable connections if you have those things you pretty much can do anything so if you're in a relationship with an insecure avoidant, make sure that you ease in transition of being in their space, okay? Just kind of be like, hey, all right, so I'll give, can I give you another 15 minutes and then we need to go? I'm giving you, that's what Diana does. She's like, all right, so we need to leave in 15 minutes. I get a 15-minute time frame where then I can then resource myself and be in my heart in the relationship, relationships a conscious relationship um, takes a little bit of skill it's it's not um it's not a birthright it's a choice i want you to really understand this insecure avoidant if you're an avoidant if you're an anxious attached even if you're disorganized none of those are your uh, destiny forever it is a choice to become securely attached what i'm sharing with you is is that how to make that choice now <clears throat> When you have that experience as a child where you didn't have your emotional needs met, you will likely, like in my situation, I was two years old and separated from my mother for three months. Now, I don't remember it here, but I definitely remember it here. And what cr that created within me was something called defensive detachment to the feminine. Basically, I wanted connection, but I was keeping it at an arm's length. And the way that that would show up in relationships is I couldn't commit to one. I would have to have a few on the side. That's how I showed up. Um, because if one was removed, one affection with which women, that was my experience, is that the feminine will leave you. So you might as well have several just in case they leave because if they if I did, then I would have to feel alone again. And I don't love myself, so uh, I have to protect myself by having multiple type of partners. And this is pretty much the first half of my life since I started dating. That's who I became. I was pretty much a player. And so I judge myself harshly for that for a long time. And, you know, you see a lot of that. Uh, slut shaming that you have against guys against girls slut shaming is a big thing right so I lived with the shame of that yet at the same time I wasn't able to control it and so it wasn't until I hit a really low place in my uh, relationship in my last relationship before um, I got married uh, it was a few years ago a couple years ago where I said all right I see what's going on. I started to understand secure attachments. I started to dissolve the shame and go, well, there's nothing to be ashamed of. I have trauma, separation trauma in my body, and the choices that I'm making in my relationships are all an unconscious reflection of that. So there's nothing for me to be ashamed of. It's just time for me to learn how to regulate my nervous system, 
learn how to heal with those younger parts of me. It's not just one inner child you have. There's about 40, Justin. <laughs> There's about 40 inner children, an inner victim, an inner saboteur, an inner prostitute as well. There's a part, there's many different parts. So I'm glad that you've done some inner child work and you've maybe connected to some parts, but what the, what your relationship now is re that's revealing to you is that there are now new parts that have been uncovered that you had no idea were there through no fault of your own because you know you can't like a, a jar can't read the label from the you can't read the label from the inside of the jar you need outside kind of assistance and guidance the problem is justin as an avoidant what's the last thing you want to do the last thing you want to do is say i'd really like some help you know, can I get some advice? There's, there's some advice, thanks, but your biggest hurdle. You've been listening to the Trigger Proof podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Becoming trigger proof doesn't mean trigger less. It means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds. Anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound. And if you're curious and inspired to learn more, join us at Breathwork and Badassery or the Overview Experience and a combination of both actually helps you do the work. There's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. Is a block in vulnerability. As an avoidant, we are deathly afraid of vulnerability because what that means is if I was to take off the mask, show who I really am, and present it to you and you reject me, I cannot love myself. So as a protective mechanism, I'm going to put on this mask and put on this shield and keep my distance as like a porcupine. So not to let people in, but deep down inside really crave that connection. So what I do is I have these push-pull dynamics and I always seem to attract needy people because as an avoidant, as soon as I go on a date and I sense the other person's an avoidant, I'm not interested. I'm not attracted to somebody like that. I'm attracted to somebody who's emotionally needy, just like I had early on in my primary caregivers because I'm repeating these patterns. So healing this requires a massive understanding of your nervous system, a commitment to finding those younger parts of you, to becoming trigger-proof, to understanding how to take that trigger, find that younger part, rescue them, resource them, and to learn how to get vulnerable. In other words, when you guys get triggered, you and your partner get triggered, to lean into staying to lean into taking a pause and coming back and being uncomfortable, to lean into asking for help, to lean into sharing vulnerably what your feelings are, to lean into the body language of like attachment, leaning into staying and having a conversation, and 
to committing to the process of learning that you're not going to get it right and and it's it, to, to committing to the process of learning and getting help getting a tribe a community of like-minded people to hold space so that you know that you're not alone in the experience and to commit to the practice of it reminds me of aaron he started listening to my uh broadcast and he was like wow i'm an avoidant you are describing me to a t he was in a relationship breakdown that he hadn't really gotten over so he'd been dating several but he really was in a lot of pain from the previous one and what we did was we unpacked the trauma from that and he finally learned how to cut the cord and we held space while he went through the grief of the loss of that relationship and then he started leaning into relationships and he found that when he healed his relationship with his mother and his sister which is the work that we do we go and heal those primary attachment wounds um, and restore integrity his relationship with his mother and sister changed all of a sudden he stopped attracting needy women and he started a new relationship and he's like, wow, I'm in this new relationship now and I'd like some guidance because at first he was trying to heal from his past relationship and heal some of the anxiety from that, cleared that trauma, opened his heart to a relationship after we finished working with her, him and then a few weeks into his relationship, he's like, wow, this is, this is I want to create a secure relationship and I really want some guidance now on taking my relationship to the next level. And so now he's learning how to self-regulate which is really about internalized co-regulation with the parts of yourself that get triggered as your shadows get triggered in the relationship. Um, he's now has the most secure relationship of all. And he was like, this is weird because in my, like, this girl is not needy. What's up with that? I feel kind of redundant. And then he started seeing how he was attracted as an avoidant to needy partners because it made him feel important it helped to uh, heal that insignificant part of him that felt, you know, responsible for his mother's uh, emotions. The funny thing is, is that the problems you're going through, Justin, in your relationship right now is not about your relationship right now. It's about parts of you, which I'm sure you've done inner child work. That's great. It's now unresolved parts of you. These are your blind spots that you can't see. <laughs> and it's not your fault. I can't see my blind spots. That's why I'm actively engaged in a conversation with a mentor, with a coach, because I know that uh, my secure attached relationship is not a finish line. It's a learning. So you must, you must invest. This is the key to an avoidant. You must invest in the relationship itself. And when he did that, um, Aaron has the most secure relationship he's ever had. This also reminds me of another client of mine, Joe, who was heartbroken when his wife left him of 15 years and worked on healing all of that and got him to a place where he was at peace with the breakup. And now, beautiful. Him and his ex, good friends. They're like pals. They've both moved on. And now he starts dating. He's dating one after another after another. It's like... He called me up one day and he's like, I have the opposite problem. You know, if you told me back when I began, when I was at death's door and wondering who the hell I was, that now I'm over my ex, we're good friends. And now the big problem I have is I keep, I got four girls on the go. I don't know how to say no. I'm deathly afraid of intimacy. I don't know what to do. Well, what do you want? Well, I want a secure relationship. I want to feel excited about a woman. I don't want, you know, I don't want to have to, uh, you know, 
have to choose between four on a Friday night, so I decide I'm just going to be alone because I'm too stressed about the decision. What do you want? Well, I want to feel good about one. I'm like, all right, secure relationship. Order on order, coming right up. And we went through the process of regulating his nervous system and healing. What he didn't discover was, what he didn't know from the process was that he was now exposing older parts of himself that were incomplete. And the part of him he was judging was he was judging the part of him that married her in the first place, which is often what happens to us, avoidance. We, we become avoidant because we were burnt from a previous unresolved relationship and we're judging ourselves and we're saying, I shouldn't have married her. I shouldn't have dated her. And when you're making judgments about yourself like that, you're hating on your choice. If you ever have that regret and you're holding on to that, I should never have married that person. I shouldn't have dated that person in the first place. If you ever have that feeling, I want you to realize you're shaming yourself. And what's happening is you're living with a lack of trust for yourself, which is classic in an avoidant pattern. It's like, I don't trust myself. I hear this a lot. And now clients come to me and they're like, avoidance especially, they're like, I'm just listening to your story. You're me. I'm like, I know. I'm like, how, well, how is it that you have a secure relationship? And I said, well, here's the thing. You must have that be your primary vision. You have to understand why a secure relationship is important. You have to have that be your number one goal and priority. In other words, you must invest in a relationship. You must invest in it, your heart, your energy, your time. You know, I work from home right now. It's been amazing. I can invest a lot of time in my relationship. After this transmission is done, I'm going to go and we're going to go to Costco. We have a great time. We bring the little guy and that's part of our like. Every like going to the grocery store when you have a secure relationship can be like a nourishing, fun experience when you're with the right person. I'm not kidding. Like I never thought I would have fun going to a grocery store, but that's how I feel in my relationship. You know, why is this important? Well, I, I'm telling you what's at stake here. Imagine a life where you feel predominantly relaxed with your partner most of the time, most of the time, most like in a in a in a one week period 80% of the week imagine 90% of the week feeling predominantly relaxed most of the time that's what's available to you that's a choice by the way it's not like luck this is a choice you know imagine what it would be like to have ease of flow between close connection and being time alone in your own space i need space i'm good i need to be in connection we're good there's no story behind that Imagine what that was like. I never had that before. That was impossible. Leaving was always anxious because, you know, it just, not for me, but, you know, I was like, oh, because, fuck, oh, I feel good. I feel, oh, my God, I feel so much better. Get, like, when I was finished work, coming home, I was like, oh, God. Imagine that. Can you relate to that? Like, that doesn't have to be that way. You can have your love relationship feel fulfilling if you invest in it and have it a priority and just learn the skills and language of your nervous system. Imagine a relationship where when you hit a glitch, 
it becomes relatively easy to, for you to apologize. You don't have like ego or story or you don't feel like you're getting punished. You can brainstorm a win-win situation with, you, with them. You repair any misattunement or fracture or misunderstanding. Imagine what that would be like. I'll tell you what it's like. It's fucking awesome. It makes it a lot better to leave the confines of the home and, and, and strengthen your business. If you, you're a badass entrepreneur, you're a CEO, you're crushing it, well, guess what? You'll 10x, you're crushing it if you have a secure relationship at home. That safety feeling at home opens the doors to way more success. I'm glad that you, I was, and I was successful. I was successful with an insecure relationship. I was like, oh my gosh, all of, imagine all of the energy that you're spending in conflict. Imagine if you were aligned with your purpose. With like that energy that you're putting into resolving that shitty feeling of conflict and rejection and that aloneness and not feeling seen and that misunderstood feeling ugh, weighs you down. Imagine that being gone and you just put all of your heart and your focus into serving. Why do you think I just spit fire on the mic each night? Why do I spit fire into this camera? Why do I give my all and my heart without any real um, scripting? I'm able to kind of flow and give my gifts to the world. That's in large part because of my secure relationship. When I look back on all of my content before, when I was not secure, it wasn't aligned now I feel more aligned. I feel congruent, right? And that's where, you know, abundance starts to show in your life. Abundance like love. My God, I hear that little fucker in the back. That's my kid. He's crying, but we're just absolutely in love, all right? Imagine what's possible for you if that, you know, if you uh, having a relationship where you prioritize keeping your agreements with one another, feeling so safe that you like, oh, I have an agreement with her. I want to keep that. And not looking at that as like, oh, I have to keep it with her. No, no, it's like I win by keeping my agreements with her. The safer she feels, the safer my son feels. You know, so it's, it's very, very, like you got to, but I had to decide, and that's what I did two years ago. I said, that's it. I'm no longer distracting myself with work, with shopping, with trying to look good. I am putting everything I can. I invested in mentors, in guides, in coaches, in books, everything I can do to create a secure relationship. I don't care what, tra what distance I have to travel, what price I have to pay. I got to master this. And I'm humble enough to know that I'm always learning. I'm still learning with every client call, with every session, with every breakdown that I go through and I guide my clients through, I'm learning. I'm committed to the practice because I've done it all in my life. I've succeeded. I've been up here. I've been winning awards for my clinic and business and excellence and all of that stuff. And none of it is worth shit if I didn't have, when, if I don't have a secure relationship at home. I used to pretend and kid and lie and say that's not the most, my highest value. But connection is all of our highest values we want to connect we want to feel like um we can count on other people and they can count on us and in order to get there we have to get to a place of self-trust in order to get there we have to heal our attachment traumas that had us not trusting love 
So let me know if this is, um, if this is, oh, hey, Jen, if this is resonating for you, I, I let me know if it resonates. Uh, I have a training coming up next week on Tuesday. For those who are in that space, should I stay, should I go? I'm winning in my business, but my relationships are just struggling a little bit. I want to learn how to become more secure. This is the training. It's about 60 to 90 minutes. I've been kind of looking over my slides, and it's pretty damn amazing, some of these case studies of how people, for example, Michelle, went from a toxic relationship where they were separated, and she was having like uh, fibromyalgia, uh, digestive disorders, eight different medications, and every time her husband would walk in the room, she would basically, her body would go like this. And she didn't know whether she should stay or she should go. And she made these five transitions that I share on this, on this master class, and she was able to leave the relationship and have her daughter, their daughter, feel safer than had they stayed together. Right, and they are are uh, what are they now? They are now peacefully, consciously co-parenting their daughter together, not in the same home. And here's the best part: when she, because she invested in doing this, she prioritized her emotional well-being and her nervous system. Guess what happened to her financial advising business? She doubled it. She almost didn't because she was like, oh, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of investing my time. I don't have the time. I'm going to be a single mom. There's too much uncertainty. The reason why you can't is the reason why you must. This uncertainty, during times of uncertainty, your work is to upgrade. Let me say that again. This is what I've learned. During a time of crisis, when you don't know what ne what's next, the secret is to upgrade yourself, upgrade in training, upgrade in your skill sets, upgrade in your mindsets. And there is no greater skill to learn at this moment that I can think of than learning how to master your nervous system, learning how to take a trigger and turn it into deeper connection with yourself instead of dissociating and running away and hiding and sedating and becoming needy and pushing people away, pushing love away. You turn that into deeper connection with yourself and you take conflicts and turn it into deeper intimacy been able to help nat nat who's an actress and a coach uh get deeper connected with her relationship and start crushing it at work going from an anxious mess who was pulling her hair out because of anxiety and self-loathing to going through those five transition deepening her relationship which was in conflict a lot and crushing it at work. I, I can't stress how important this is. The cycles of trauma that didn't start with you can stop with you if you're willing to get uncomfortable and do the work. And that is our training that's coming up in, on Tuesday. Make sure you're there. Put it in your calendar. Register. 
and I want you to think of a couple of, uh, of friends of yours who are in that limbo purgatory in their relationship, not knowing whether they should stay or whether they should go. I want you to, number one, invite them into this group and tell them why it's important and then tag them in this video. And I would love to see them at the uh, Zoom call. So it's going to be a Zoom call like this. It's 60 to 90 minutes. And we're just going to go deep into the transitions, the steps you need to go from insecure avoidant, insecure attached, uh, anxious attached to becoming secure in your relationship. And doing the impossible, which is what I did, going from a player who was never going to commit to being a dad and being so all in with an amazing relationship that um, feels safe and allows me to really fully express my gifts and be here for you and give you uh, content that will hopefully transform your life. Sending you a big hug, big virtual hug, and we'll see you at the next perfect time. Oh, Julie, you say, my goal is to stay in my relationship and break myself wide open to do the work. All right. Good one, Julie. I hope to see you. Are you, are you I hope you're registered. Um, I hope you're registered for Thursday, uh, Tuesday. We'll see you at the next perfect time.